0: Welcome back to the pod. We are presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport, but together at WinBet, Eric Allen here down in Mobile, Alabama, joined by Jets defensive coordinator, Jeff Albrick. How different is this senior bowl now in 2022 than maybe when you came out in 2000?
1: Uh, I would say for one, the... I don't want to say the caliber of players because who knows when you assess a college player, what he will become in the NFL, but definitely the, the highest regarded guys, the guys that potentially could go in the first round. There's not as many of those guys for whatever the reason, you know, maybe that's agent influence or, um, whatever the case may be, but a little bit less of the, the premier first round, most hyped up prospects aren't necessarily here that other than that, it's, it's, it's football, you know, and, and I think it's in this whole build up to the draft, there's going to be all these opportunities to assess these players. You know, we go to the combine, we see them run, we see them jump. we, arm length, the whole deal, you know, and then obviously the scouting department's got four years of, of evaluating the character of the man and, you know, what they're all about. Uh, but this is like a real opportunity for us to assess the football part, you know, and and run football drills run a, uh, for us, you know, defensively run an NFL defense and um, get our hands on them. So in my opinion, this is invaluable, especially for a team like, like ours, that is, that is you know, I wouldn't say rebuilding, but we're definitely um, in the starting point of, of building something special.
0: What did it mean for you coming out of Hawaii when you got here in yeah. that week? And can you talk about the personnel that was actually assembled here?
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I want to say that and I might be wrong, but it was like 30 of the 32 first round picks the year that I came here played in this game. You know, uh, just my linebacker group alone was. Uh, Brian Urlacher and John Abraham and LeVar Arrington and, and the list goes on and on of the guys that participated in the game. But it was uh, for a, a one-year starter out of out of Hawaii <laughs> that never thought that you know, obviously had the dream of NFL, but never thought that it would you know really materialize. You know, there was so much doubt, you know, and and to all of a sudden you're thrown into this this group of players that you know. I'm a huge fan of football, you know, just like I played it. So I was a huge fan of a lot of these guys. And and um, so it was really exciting. It was just, you know, it was an amazing opportunity to see, can I do this or not? You know, and, and for myself, it was uh, without this game, I don't get drafted in the third round. I absolutely believe that. And I absolutely believe that's the truth um gave me an opportunity to show them that I could play and I could play with the top guys. You, in ma- the you
0: mentioned John Abraham. Mm-hmm. Sean Ellis, John here Ellis too, right? Two great two, jets. Two great jets, four yep. first round picks in 2000. Yeah. John Abraham and Sean Ellis of course, Jeff Pennington, yep. Anthony Beck, that
1: was I think sp- Pennington was in the game as well. Yeah. And Beck was in the game as well. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he was in the game.
0: So when you look around at the guys today assembled right. here for the first time, what do you see in their eyes?
1: There's obviously like a high level of anxiousness and nervousness, and um, and then you've got the other guys that some of it's real and authentic, the confidence and the swag. Some of it is just posturing and trying to, you know, it it's so different. And and I I don't want to like go off on a tangent here, but the <laughs> but the agents have prepped these guys at such a high level nowadays to the football stuff, that's obvious. That's always been part of the um, preparation for the senior bowl draft, the whole process. But now, I mean, they're getting taught how to, how to carry themselves when they eat, when they, um, you know, when they get their laundry done, everything is being assessed and analyzed and, and the agents have done a really good job of of prepping these guys for everything, you know? So it's, they're, it's, it's, it's a, for us it's a challenge, you know, cause you're really trying to filter through what's real, what's not real. Um, and uh, for the, the teams that actually get an opportunity to coach it, I think it gives us a huge advantage because we get to absolutely like, we get to uh, get a relationship and develop, you know, as much trust and, and, and regard that you can get within a week's time, but it gives us a little bit of a window into the world of who they, who they really are not who they're being coached to be you know by an agent or by ever but so for us it's it's huge when you heard you,
0: when you you heard you guys had been selected to right. coach down here what's the initial reaction because right. you like to have a little bit of downtime i know you love ball for sure you, you got family yeah for sure <laughs> you want to get away from it but yeah. your reaction because uh, you said the Jets are building something special. You do have nine draft picks in the 2022 draft, two in the top 10, uh, a, a pair in rounds one, rounds two, rounds four, rounds five. Right.
1: Yeah, it's it's imperative that we we hit on all of them, you know, so every bit of information that we can gather is huge. You you come here and um, a lot of times it's people think it's just an opportunity to assess and that's part of the process. But I think it's just as important to eliminate people. You know, maybe the personality, the character isn't quite right for us. The learning style doesn't meld with the, the way that we teach, um, whatever the case may be. So you, you find guys for sure and you um, and you really like you you, you find guys that you want to target and you want to you want to become part of the organization. But just as important is that you eliminate certain people, too.
0: Uh, this is fascinating this year because there are staff evaluations. You are the defensive coordinator. Right. But you're not the defensive coordinator this week. No. Who is the Jets defensive coordinator this uh, Mike, week? Yeah, Mike Rutenberg. Amy, can you tell us about Rudy?
1: Yeah, Rudy is uh excellent coach, excellent teacher. He coaches the linebackers for the Jets. Um a guy that's definitely qualified, has all the the experience, the knowledge to be a great defensive coordinator in this league. And his time will come for sure. So what a great opportunity to come out here and kind of have a dry run for him. You know, he just Um, He just had his first unit meeting, did an excellent job. Uh, So take
0: us behind closed doors. What can you tell us?
1: He didn't take, well, he, (laughs) he put his own style, style onto kind of what we talk about within um, our defensive unit meetings that I've, you know, before, but definitely put his own spin on it, his own, uh, you know, his own style, which he has. And um, it was fun. It was, uh, it's, it's just, it's a great opportunity for these guys. Like I know Rudy, some guys, you know, they, they don't necessarily take it as seriously as, as, as others do, but I don't know if Rudy took a day off these last two weeks. Like he was really excited about this opportunity, taking it very seriously and, and uh, put a lot of time and preparation into it. And um, these kids will, will value from this for sure.
0: What's it like playing for you? Because everybody talks about juice. Whenever you hear the name brick, people say he brings the juice on the field in the classroom.
1: I, you'd have to ask others, you know. Like I do, love this game. Um, it's absolutely, you know, it's it's been a huge part of my life. Playing, coaching, it's it's afforded me so many opportunities, not just financially, but um, it's exposed me to to people that I would have never known otherwise. You know, from every walk of life, from every part of the country, from every from every everything. You know, and it's just enriched my life at such a high level. And I have just a, such gratitude for the game that. I'd like to say that you feel that when I coach and teach and, and try to motivate and that you feel my authentic love and passion for this game and and a real genuine give back for me, you know, and give back for all that it's given me.
0: What do guys have to do under you to be successful? What are things you're not going to tolerate from a player? Because you
1: played yourself. Yeah, I, to me, it's just emptying the tank every day. Like the all gas, no break, which is Robert's, you know, slogan that this organization is absolutely embraced. Um, That's absolutely how I operate, you know? So uh, whether it's meetings, whether it's walkthrough, whether it's night before prep, whether it's your film study, whatever it is, just go for it. At the highest level, unturn every stone, empty your tank every single day and you're going to be, you're going to be golden with me. You know, like to me, that's the process. As long as we're committed to the process, and you are unturning every stone and you are emptying the tank and you do live by this mantra of all gas, no break that I can absolutely live with whatever those results are. You know,
0: do you bring teach tape out of yourself? Absolutely I, I, not ever bring any clips out.
1: No. That'd any of your assistants do way that way too embarrassing. Come on. I absolutely. They, and if they did, they, well, would, they look it up. They would. Well, some of the guys, it's they, funny. Raheem they, Morris, when we were in Atlanta, he would do that every once in a while. And yeah. it was, the guys would love it. They'd get a big laugh. <laughs> The best part of it was uh, when we, I remember we first got to Atlanta and I preached leverage and I and I brought out the shoot where we would shuffle under it for just days and hours. And it was just endless. And 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 I just this mantra of stay low, play low over and over and over again. And then he finds this clip of me standing straight up and, <laughs> and just did I make the, I made the play, you know, but but uh, he definitely got a laugh at it. And, but I was like, the honest truth is, and this not me trying to be humble or anything like that, I was a very average player, you know, like my my tape, I could maybe show you what strain looked like, you know, but as far as um, skill and technique, pretty shabby.
0: Uh, nobody was average who played 10 years in the National yeah. Football League.
2: WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free, $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can you talk about your career trajectory? How you came in as a starter, and then yeah. at the end of your career, you actually went into that mentorship role and became a reserve linebacker. Actually? Yeah, it
1: was. Uh, it's the opposite of most. You know, most come in as a reserve, and and you know they earn their stripes on special teams, and ultimately they become a starter. And, uh, I was kind of the opposite came in and I was, when I came in, the, the, the 49ers were in the transition of, of moving on from those, those like the greats, you know, like I, the one year with Steve Young and one year with Jerry Rice and one year with Ken Norton Jr. And one year with a lot of these T O well, more than one year with T O, but the, a lot of the great players that were a part of those, those great Super Bowl wins and those world championships. And, and then my second year, um they really started over for all intents and purposes. And um so I had a great opportunity to start early and often my career and and uh, actually didn't really get involved with special teams till my eighth year, my eighth, my ninth, and my tenth, which is it's kind of you know, it's
0: some dudes wouldn't do that.
1: It's backwards. Yeah. I was fortunately I had enough self awareness that when you uh when you draft a guy like Patrick Willis, you know that he's better than you, you know, and, and I knew that, that the writing was on the wall and it was either I I really embrace a special team role and and embrace any way I can help this team or I would get cut. And that, you know, that was self-awareness, but it was also the honest truth. And, and, uh, and it let me get three more years in the NFL, which had I not, like probably wouldn't happen.
0: What made Will so unique?
1: What didn't make him (laughs) unique? The guy was uh, explosive. He was fast. He was violent. He was instinctive. Um, He had a thirst and hunger to learn the game at the highest level too, which is,
0: and that's where you came in, right?
1: Yeah. And I'd like, I'd like to say that, that, that we built a, a good relationship from that standpoint and um, whatever I had, I gave him, you know, and, and uh, although like, I, I'd like, you know, the, the truth is he probably didn't need need much, you know, but um yeah, we definitely built the relationship that way. And, and it, it gave me my first kind of itch to to do the, the coaching thing, you know, and, and see it kind of materialize.
0: So Mobile, Alabama played a huge role in your playing career, it did a huge role in your coaching career. It did. So take me through down here when you have a conversation with Pete Carroll and John Schneider, right. what, what happened and, and how did that change the course
1: of Jeff Albrecht's career? Yeah, we, uh, you know, you, you play and um, I'd like to say that as I played, I was a student at the game. So I would get those comments as coaches do and say, man, you make a great coach or, you know, when when you decide to coach, give me a call. And and what I found was and this is no this is not saying anything about anybody, but like made those calls. And and what I found out right away was in coaching, if there's not a position, there's not a position. You know, like I wanted to be a linebacker coach initially. That was the dream. And there's 32 of them in the world, you know, and, and they're hard to come by, you know? So, you know, for whatever the reason, when I retired, there wasn't something open from that standpoint. So, um, like I, I gave a lot of coaches calls and I got the same advice from a lot of different coaches said, Hey, just go down to the senior bowl and kind of put a face to a name. You know, I was fresh from, from playing and, and, um, I got a semi unique last name. So, you know, I'd like to say people kind of remembered me a little bit, you know, and I'd played quite a while. So just, you know, shot myself around and got to know as many people as I could coaches, personnel, guys, executives, the whole thing. And, and, uh, happened to be in the, um, like, I hate to say this cause I know we have a contract with DV sport. I don't know if it was DV sport XOs, but whatever it was, like they have their little expo set up. And a lot of the coaches that weren't coaching the game were down there and they're watching practice. And, um, happened to be at the same spot and all of a sudden Pete Carroll and John Schneider are next to me and I have no connection to them prior to this. And, uh, and we get into a, a little bit of a conversation, get to know them, uh, spend some time with them, which led to them getting my contact number. And, um, uh, and then I come home from, from mobile and, and, um, uh, not quite certain. I, I had met Raheem Morris. That was my first time with him and, and had met, uh, Uh, Rich Passaccia, who was a special team coordinator at the time. And I felt like that was going to be an opportunity. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, uh, Pete Carroll calls me and I'm at dinner with my family, uh, my young family at the time. My, uh, my kids are not young anymore, but the, we, uh, we get to talking. And before I know it's like a hour and a half, two hour conversation. Like, you know, that they're done with dinner. Like looking at me, like, come on, dad. And uh, we get off the phone and, and I don't, know what to make of the conversation. Like I it was just we were just kind of, you know, we were just kind of talking. You know, we we're talking about football, philosophy, family, life, a little bit of everything, you know, as people that know Pete know that that he is that way, you know, and and uh and he's like, yeah, just look out for an email. I'll get I'll send you an email from uh Mac Perot next couple day days who is like our scar, you know, our right. our the guy who runs our building. And um I'm like, okay, then I get the email a couple of days later. So I'm thinking maybe it's a follow-up interview. It's something. And I look at it and I see a flight and I'm like, cool. All right. And then I see a a, a rental car. Cool. And then I look at the the hotel and I'm like, hmm. And then I look below it and it's like a 90 day stay. (laughs) So I'm like. It's right there. Job offer via email. (laughs) Yeah. I I guess I got the job, you know, (laughs) you know, so that was it.
0: From afar, it seems like you and Pete would be long lost brothers yeah. It, it, because you have that connectivity in terms of you love teaching you all energy all the time. Both of you guys, the passion for the game, um, it, it seems like that was just a natural fit.
1: Yeah, he uh, I was just from the outside looking in, I was so intrigued by um, his approach and the way he did things and and just had such admiration for it. and and obviously, he had had tremendous success at USC, and this was—he um, was just transitioning. So this would—this would have been his first year in Seattle. So um, I joined him for the—the the first year that he was there, and uh, everything I thought he was—and more. Like um, it wasn't just random juice and energy and passion. It was such focused energy, focused passion. It was so calculated in the best of ways and uh, so deliberate and all that he did and uh, really helped me. And just like, here's this guy that he has no connection to prior to us meeting. And all of a sudden he would give me opportunities to speak to the team and, and uh night before games speak to the team, all, all sorts of just really cool ops. And it would be like, he would follow me up afterwards and, and uh give me feedback that was good maybe work on this and it was just for a young coach it was just the perfect situation
0: you well, know one of the most interesting things i think about your background you not only excelled at football you're a wrestler
1: what weight uh 191s was my my senior year weight, but I I didn't make it very often. You know, I was, I probably lived at about 205. So
0: you were in the sweatsuit on the bike oh, all the time? Oh my
1: goodness. I was, you know, you're 18 years old. Like you have no body fat, you know, you have nothing. And I was probably 205 pounds with no body fat. So to get to 189s, which ultimately became 191 at the end of the year, but the, it was hard for me. So I would wrestle heavyweight every time I didn't make it.
0: How much did that help you playing ball?
1: It helped, you know. Like the the biggest thing is the 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 mental strength that it builds. You know, there's the mental strength obviously from the training, which is excruciating, and it's one of the hardest things that I had ever done. You know, the the running and the and the sparring and all that you do to prepare to to wrestle is just it's brutal. I, it's 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 harder uh, from a conditioning standpoint than anything I'd ever done in football. So from that standpoint, built great mental strength, but it's also the emotional strength of stepping out there and there's no one to rely on it's just you and you and uh and excelling in those moments when it's just you and you which is you know that's imperative in this in this game you know for because there's there's so many moments where yeah it's a team game and you absolutely have to rely on your teammates and you gotta be a great team from that standpoint but there's a lot of stuff that you have to do individually to be successful
0: you're such a team-oriented guy how much did you enjoy Last year, calling plays, not your first time calling plays in the National Football League. We know your experience in Atlanta, taking over interim DC duties. But last year was the first time wire to wire. You're the
1: guy. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was awesome. You know, uh, were the results awesome? Not always, obviously. Um, but I felt like, um, I grew. I felt like our defense grew. I, I was really proud, especially absorbing some of the injuries that we had. I was really proud of that last four game stretch where I felt like you started to see the fellas start to turn the corner from the standpoint of really learning the system and learning all the little, the, 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 the finer details that really make the difference between it working and not working. Um, like I've said many times before, like we're not the, we're not the type of defense. And, and this is not me saying my, our defense is better than anyone else's. Cause there's a lot of ways to do this thing. And there's every, there's a lot of different ways that have been successful, but what we believe in is that it's not the player, the play call. It's not me, it's the players, you know, and it's being great at your fundamentals and the principles and, and being a really technique based defense, as opposed to a lot of trickery and deception. And like, we're not about that, you know, and, and, um, the great thing is when you get it you become really hard to deal with because they have no answer cuz they're not going to deceive you either you know and our predictability makes offenses predictable as well cuz we get attacked the same way from week to week you know so from from that standpoint um it's really good but it's also hard because it takes time like i could honestly i could i could have drawn up four or five defenses band-aids in the back half of the season and we probably would have been ranked 25th overall, um, rather than 31st or saying whatever. It but that's were. not
0: going to help in the long run.
1: In the, that's absolutely right. Cause I would have, I would have diluted the teaching of the front. I would have diluted our coverage stuff. I would have all these principles and fundamentals and techniques that we're trying to master all would have been diluted with all these peripheral calls. Um, that at the end of the day, aren't going to help us, you know? So I really felt that that last four game stretch, just the level of confidence, the, the turns, the time on task that we'd had, you started to feel a little bit, you know, so.
0: Can you speak to that last game of Buffalo? You yeah. guys closed the regular season. And, and obviously, again, the results, the final results not there in terms of winning. But I believe there's a stretch there. Seven out of eight possessions, forcing punts, and keeping your team in a one-possession game against one of the elite teams in the NFL, one of the most explosive right. offenses. What did it say about your group?
1: Yeah, that that they they're starting to get it. You know, they're starting to learn it um, starting to apply it. And, and what's really cool is they started to like with them starting to understand at a higher level, obviously they started to have a little bit more success and you started to f- finally feel the confidence in what we were doing, you know, and and how we were doing it. So, um, it was just a glimpse of just a glimmer of, of what we can become when we get better at this. And we add a few pieces, obviously through the free agency and the draft and, and, uh, just stack another year of, of doing what we do. And we'll add little caveats and, and some wrinkles and some, some nuances here and there, but at the end of the day, we're going to do what we do. You, know? you, you got go to go to a
0: team meeting here in a minute, but uh, let's go rapid fire on a couple things. Okay. How good of a player can Carl Lawson be in this defense? Because we were out there in the spring and the summer and I was telling people, this guy was by far and away, the best player on the football field.
1: Yeah, I agree. He uh, Most fronts in the NFL are read, are They react to the blocking schemes. They react to the man in front of them. So there's a level of hesitation, no matter how you know the defense and how many reps and time on tasks that you had. Um, this front is not built in that way. This front is based on everything is on our terms, and we are going forward, and we are attacking. And I think it is app. Ab- absolutely tailor-made for call Lawson because he is that's how he's built that's what his dna is all about anyway so um for a guy to not have to read not have to sit in a frog scans and, and catch and step laterally and and react to the man in front of him he's putting things on his terms and when things aren't his terms i thought this offseason like you'd said for the guys that were out there and saw it and felt it like like i don't want to throw so much smoke at him but it, it's like right. He looked unblockable at times.
0: Mosley. Any surprise at all. You're a guy who played the game at the highest level and you've coached up a lot of very good players. But there were a lot of questions, I think, externally after hey, he basically hasn't played in two years.
1: For sure. Um he he is one of the most special football players I've ever been around. He is his level of anticipation and his instinct is just it's just so unique. Like he's one of those guys that is consistently inching to plays before the ball snaps. Like he just has inherent sense of where it's going. Um, and it's one of those things that's absolutely earned. It's not like he just, it's hocus pocus and he just gonna got a feeling like he's put the time on the films. The he, He's just a relentless worker in that way. So from that standpoint, amazing. Um, the level of toughness, like, Uh, say what you want guys that really get paid in this league. And he's one of those guys that really got paid and well-deserved every penny that he makes. They don't throw it around the same typically, you know, like they, they gain a higher level of consciousness for their, their health, um, which every human being can understand. He is not that like this guy throws around his body. Like, like he's a 15 year old playing high school football. Like, and he's, He's trying to earn a scholarship. Like he is, so hungry, so tough.
0: That's the way you played, though.
1: Uh he <laughs> he is ten times better than the player I I ever was. But
0: I, I'm not talking about athletically. I'm just saying is that you. you I tried have an to. appreciation for that.
1: I I try to, and and the best part about him is his level. Other than the playing, that's obvious, but the level of humility and the teammate that he is is something that. Unless you're really around him, you can't appreciate Because everybody's heard about it. I'm sure the fans have heard about it. Me as a fan of him, I'd heard about it when he was in Buffalo or when he was in Baltimore and um, I was wherever I was at. But the the man is what you gain the strongest appreciation for when you're around him because he just he's so humble. He's such a great teammate. He's such a good human being. You know, he's just. He said, I, I, he
0: said one of his proudest moments was uh, changing the play. Where was so cool. <laughs> I've
1: never been around something like that. Like I've seen guys, you, you build in audibles within a game plan and empty checks and and formation checks, and we all have done that. Everyone's done that, and and we do that. But he went completely off script. Like it was not in the game plan. It wasn't even discussed on the sideline changed it, it worked, it was it was But
0: amazing. you're such a competitor. Was there ever a moment where like, what the hell are you doing, CJ? Hell no. Like <laughs> yeah. I got
1: he's one of those he's that he's earned that right. Okay. He's one of those few guys that like um if you saw it, you felt it, like I'm riding with you and we believe in it. A a great like one of the billions of stories people have probably heard about him, but um my wife, she broke her ankle last off season, like right before summer break and she had to get a whole surgery on her plates, the whole thing it was It was uh and I and I'm we're out we're walking out to practice one day and I just told him, Yeah, she she broke her ankle, she's gonna be um, you know, she's gonna be off her feet for five or six weeks or whatever. Like unsolicited, without saying anything. The next day I walk into my office, there's a wheelchair sitting there and he had brought her a wheelchair from home.
0: Never heard that story before.
1: Yeah, just it just a small little like window into his world just the man that he is
0: how about the young corners everybody said you guys were crazy but you go out there and uh, play with them and uh, bryce hall really developed in year two brandon Eccles comes up with two interceptions including a pick six a number of pass defenses you got michael carter the second who steps into one of the most difficult positions in all football he's out doubt. there ball yeah and, and what can you say about that group
1: yeah it was I'm really proud of the ways the guys progressed and what they had they had become at the end of that season, I mean, it, it is the maybe the hardest position in football to play as a young player, you know, without the, without the reps, without the time on task, without the experience, like, which none of them had, you know, and, um, and they ended up becoming NFL corners by the end of the, the season, which was really cool to see, especially for three guys that, um, built in the same way that 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 cj is in that way just so humble come to work every day work their butt off um and doing it without a real model of they really didn't have a vet in front of them to kind of show them the way because they're kind of paving their own way as they went which can be a little bit more challenging at times Uh, but i really felt like like by the end of the season i'm like we can we can play with about anybody out there right now with this with this group you know so it's exciting to see
0: i think you gotta get out of here but i really enjoyed this we gotta catch up again because i want to talk a little bit more about the Atlanta connection and michael fleur and you mentioned scars before and, uh, uh what a close group and uh, you guys carrying this on here with the jets but uh, uh really enjoyed yeah me too enjoyed it thanks